0: On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by the one and only Tom E. Karn from NBC Sports Boston. Uh, he is a man who does a ton of Patriot stuff, ton of Patriots content. If you watch any TV, if you listen to the podcast, chances are you're watching him or listening to him at some point during the day. Uh, so we have him on. And before we have him on, Spags and I do a quick little season preview for the Patriots, kind of what we think is going to happen. Tom talks about that during his interview. We preview the Steelers a little bit as well. It's a fun interview. It's a really great episode, so you don't want to miss it. So buckle up and cue the music.
1: Stack receivers two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Wilson, quick throw,
0: and it's good. One in the books. We're recording right now during it. It's a, an absolutely so, ugly game, but uh, it doesn't matter. What a, what a, what a, what
2: disgusting, that. Pat. Like, this is just a <laughs> joke. Like, I, I'm sitting here telling people Aaron Rodgers is in a prove year. I, I think he is the most. Oh, I mean, granted, you know, his O line's not great and, you know, his weapons aren't eh, They're there. Eh, but, I mean, come on, man. Like, you, you're putting up. I know Chicago's D's great, but seven points. Like, yeah. they can't be a more. I know we're off topic. They can't be a more overrated you know, superstar. I'm saying this, you know, point, you know, doing right, this. Right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, come on, man. This is a dog crap game to start the year, but whatever. I'm pumped Patriots football Sunday. I can't wait. Tea time, seven fifty AM Sunday with oh, uh, my three buddies. We're gonna finish up before one. Sit back, work off Monday, Pat. I, oh, tomorrow's Friday. I'm pumped right now. You can. Tell. Uh, that's gonna be great. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, home in the I'm mouth right now. Oh
0: man, I'm so excited, dude. I'm not looking forward to Monday morning, but I don't care, dude. I'm I'm excited <laughs> about Sunday night. So so oh, okay. it's uh it'll be worth it, you know. So so up number six for me. So I'm oh, uh, yeah, I'm awfully lucky, pumped, lucky and I sit in the North Zone, there. which is like. Yeah, man, north end zone is like right in front of me, so I'm just staring right at so. Get it's the Snapchat uh, ready. It's a lot I, want, of I
2: want videos. I want oh, videos. Yeah. You and uh, oh, yeah. you and Cam are I'm going. i about... Cam Darrigan. You got to send me those snaps. Okay. I said all day. Just keep pumping them to me. I got to see those.
0: I'm thinking about live streaming the uh, the banner drop.
2: Yeah, that's on a good Twitter. Idea, Pat. That'd be kind ding, of dope, ding, right? Ding. If, I, if I live maybe stream the maybe get the, the Pat's the... pulpit. Maybe get the Pat's pulpit Twitter from <laughs> Burn for the night. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know what?
0: I want. I want the glory for that. Forget the Pat's pulpit. <laughs> I want the glory. For Get me some followers, okay? So, so if I'm gonna waste all my data doing that, I might as well take the glory
2: for it. You know? So, yeah, you have to. You're um, right. You're right. You're right.
0: But no. But I'm ready for it. I can't wait. It's gonna be. uh It's gonna be great. And look, you know, it's Pittsburgh coming in there. And at first, when I first saw the schedule, I think we talked about this a while ago. But when I first saw the schedule, I was like, man. Pittsburgh again, like they've been here so much. And, and, uh, and as a matter of fact, after tomorrow or after Sunday, I'm sorry, um, they'll have been at more Patriots banner drops since uh, – than then banner drops they've actually had. They've been at three Patriots banner drops since 1980, and they've only won two championships since 1980. So uh, they've, they've been at more Patriots banner drops than they've actually had, which is wild. And so uh, – It's a good so that's smack, always a smack
2: good. in the face to them too, right? Like, you know, right. oh, for how many years did they say six rings? You know, you, you never had the dynasty uh-huh. that we had in – was it the 70s you never had the dynasty? Right, oh, really? Because right. we got two it's in two burned. decades right now. Here, yeah, here's the yeah. six banner drop right in your face. How are you?
0: All right. Oh, it's gorgeous. So, anyways, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And so we'll uh we're kinda looking forward to it. So um, so we're gonna do we're just gonna do a quick a quick season preview. We don't want to talk for too long. We know you're probably here to listen to Tommy Carrin, and maybe if you're not skipping through this, we appreciate it because you listen to us. And uh, but we know you're here for Tommy Carr. So we're just gonna kind of get into it, just a quick season preview kind of a predictions for us uh, on where the is going to finish. Uh Tom's going to do that when we talk to him as well. And uh but for me, I guess well, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? What do you what do you want to do? You ready to go or do you start. want me to go? go ahead.
2: Yeah, let's let's rip it. Let's All go. All right. Ahead.
0: Let's do it. I'm I'm going 12 and 4. I'm going 12 and 4. And the biggest reason for me is that I just think this defense is is, is since 04 uh and I just I look at it and just say, man, you know, I don't know how anyone's really going to score against them. And realistically, I know the Jets are going to be a little bit better. I know the Bills are going to be a little bit better. I get that. But their schedule, man, is is pretty easy, dude. They're in Washington. They're playing the NFC East. So you're talking about Washington, the Giants. Philadelphia is going to be tough, and they're going to beat Dallas. Dallas is coming here, um, you know, after Thanksgiving. I think they're going to beat Dallas. And so, you know, they do have a little bit of a tough stretch there. But then they're playing the AFC uh, North. Do they play in the AFC. Yeah, they play in the AFC North. Cincinnati, Cleveland, like those should be those should both be wins. I know Cleveland is predicted to you know to do well this year, but oh, Cincinnati please, don't get me easy started, wins. Pat. Get and me you know, I think
2: the
0: I know. I do. I know. I know. I, and I think Baltimore's you know a, a decent team, a good team. But I think they I think they win that game even in Baltimore. And so you know, to me, I'm looking at it saying, man, like you know, I think 12 and four. It pretty easily for me. And I know that, you know, that may not be uh, – Tom may not agree with me on that one, but that's okay. I don't mind that um, because it's just one of those things that I look at this team and I'm like, man, the offense has a lot of question marks. There are a ton of question marks on the offense, but that defense is so good, man. And the running game is fantastic. And I think the biggest the biggest concern that I have, forget about the wide receivers, forget about Gronk, forget about everything else is Ted Karras if Ted Karras can hold his own at center, which I think he can, if he can hold his own at center and play well, I think they're going to be dominant again because they got a dominant offensive line. And if Karras can hold his own and play and play the way he did, you're looking at win who looked really good and looks like he's ready for a big year. And the rest of the offensive line played really well last year and they ran the heck out of the ball and they added another solid running back in Damian Harris. You got Rex Burkett that's healthy white coming out of the backfield Sony's Looks healthy and fresh, man. He looks fresh. Looks like Georgia, Georgia
2: Sony. I said it, Georgia Sony. He He looks good, man.
0: Yes, he does. So to me, even if there's even if there's problems in the passing game, I still think twelve and four just just from the run. What do you got, Spags?
2: See, I'm twelve and four too, right? Uh, You know, and I tweeted out when Nikhil Harry went on IR that their you know their first eight games it's a cakewalk. You know, Pittsburgh, that's a tough game. It's week one. I know they're, you know, typically very good in week ones. But, uh, you know, that banner drop last time, we don't really want to talk about. uh, That wasn't a great showing. (laughs) So, I mean, it's week one, too, right? Like, anything happens, Patriots don't aren't typically a September team anyways. Uh, But then you get Miami, the Jets twice, Buffalo, Washington, and then Cleveland and the Giants. Like, if you... I hate talking the undefeated talk for the first eight games, though. I'm just saying that's very yeah. highly possible. I mean, they can play right. some bad football and still be able to get out with, with a lot of W's there. But their back end, I mean, like you said, Baltimore on the road, uh, Sunday Night Football, that's going to be a test. You know, they typically struggle with you know the mobile quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson. Um, and then they go right to Philly, right? So two back-to-back mm-hmm. road games. Philly's going to be tough. I think that's arguably their toughest game. Um, away from Kansas City, which will obviously be played at home. Um, They're in Houston late in the year. They got Kansas City at home. Uh, So, I mean, there's definitely some games there that are difficult, especially in the back half. Um, And, you know, they're they're good for one, maybe even two tough, tough losses that you're like, why are they losing to these teams? right Um, But ultimately, uh, this is their easiest schedule in, in a lot of years. I mean, realistically, if you look at it, especially the first eight weeks, I mean, talk about getting your feet wet and figuring out what kind of, you know, finding out your identity as a football team. They should have no problem being able to do that the first two months.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And you know what? I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go from 12 and four to 13 and three, I you think know, I 13 and three, that, but
2: I, I just can't because like, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and raise the bar so high, even though it should be right. Defending super Bowl yeah. champions, right. Uh, defenses is it, as it, it looks as it's ever been since, you know, like we talked about with Dom since Oh four, this could be up there with one of the best Patriots defenses, at least on paper and what we've seen so far in camp and preseason, you know, really since the early dynasties. Right. So, um I, I want to say 13 and three, but you know, they'll lay an egg somewhere, right? I mean, yeah. Miami's the worst football team in the world, in in the world right now. But I mean, past history says they could go down there and lay an egg.
0: Right. Well, the good news about Miami is that, you know, they're playing them early in the season. They have Miami has two straight home games. They play in Baltimore week one at home, then they play in New England week one at home. If Baltimore goes in and stomps them week one, which I think is actually a possibility, if that happens, the Patriots are going to come in and they know that everyone's quit on them already. They know they've traded a ton of guys. And the feeling in that locker room, I think, is going to be one of like, oh, my God, here we go. Like, we just got pounded by by the Ravens. Now the Patriots are going to come in here and wipe the floor with us. And if they win that game in Miami, dude, Miami's here December 29th. That is an obvious win. There is a 0% chance the Patriots will lose that game. And so, you know, that's a win. I think – honestly, I think the struggles here, in my opinion – I think they'll lose uh, – they could lose at Philly. I think that could be a loss for them. I think they could even lose at Houston. And I'm going to go on a limb here. I think they're going to lose one of the games to the Jets. I really do. I think that those those might be their two losses there where, you know, maybe they lose uh, one of the games against the Jets. So whether it's the first game or, you know, or that – what's that, the sixth, seventh seventh game? So whether it's the first game of the, uh, or the third game or the seventh game against the Jets – And then I think those two games after the bye, Philadelphia and Houston. But again, Houston's December 1st, man. They're so clutch in December. So maybe not even, maybe not even Houston. But I think at Philly, I think one of the Jets games and then pick one more. You know, you want to pick against Kansas City. You want to pick, you know, uh, some random one like in Baltimore, like you said. So any of those games, I think. But I think 13 and three makes a lot of sense if they can get out of the gate, you know, going quick. And obviously, clearly all this depends on them staying healthy. Right, If they can stay healthy, 13-3. and three. That's my thats my pick.
2: And people forget, kind of to tie this in and, and kind of wrap things up, people forget they went undefeated at home last year, Pat. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: really hard to do that, let alone in one season, but back-to-back years. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're due for a loss at home. I mean, come, like you said, I, I don't see them losing to the Jets at home, but, I mean, Kansas City comes in. They, I mean, granted – you know I know they got some problems over there entire you know and is is Mahomes gonna hit the sophomore slump? I mean they're a good football team, you know they're gonna get a lot better and 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 uh like evan lazar said if if Mahomes can figure out pre snap reads and, and how to read a defense a little bit better. This Patriots defense, as good as they are, they're in trouble because he's a talented. Yeah. He's one of, he, he might be, you know, I, I know it's a little early. Don't jump on me here, but he might be the most talented quarterback this league's ever seen. I mean, the, the, the plays that this kid can make uh, with his legs, with his arm. I mean, the, come on, man. This kid's, I know I'm hyping him up big. I'm a huge Mahomes guy. Uh, yeah. But, it, you know, you can't, you don't want to flirt with danger there. And I, I think that's a tough game at home. And, I, I, you know, I like that pick with the Jets because, like, like we said, we, they play them early on in the year twice. Um, and that's kind of when, you know, uh, from past years, they're still figuring out what kind of football team they are. So I could see them going in the Netherlands and, and, you know, laying in that because they've done that before. I mean, they've lost right. to some bad Jets teams in New York. That's not, a, that's not an yep. easy place to, to play regardless of how good the Jets are.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And so, you know, I think that – I think 13-3 and 3 makes sense. Again, 12-4, and 13-3, that's kind of about where we are. And I think those kind of all make sense. And again, some some of those are going to be difficult. And I'll tell you what, you're right about Mahomes. Mahomes has some similarities to Aaron Rodgers that we're watching tonight, and he's just, just, I mean, brutal. But I think the big thing about Rodgers is that you look at what he's been surrounded by, and it's just not enough. It's not enough. The coaching isn't good enough. The uh, The defense has never really been good enough. And his receivers have been good, but not great. And I will say, like, Brady's made do with, a, with good, not great receivers too. But – the offensive scheme is so much better. The defense is so much better. The coaching is so much better. And so those things, I think, uh, you know, have kind of ha- have failed Rodgers. And I think for me personally, and look, I think I think Brady's a better quarterback than Rodgers, okay? In a vacuum, I think Brady's a better quarterback than Rodgers, okay? Absolutely. Just, you know, but I will say, I, j- I just, I will say, based on all that information, right, based on the talent of Rodgers, and the lack of championships, I think that that, as much as anything, can tell you that Belichick is more important than Brady. Now, again, they won't, it's not like one's going to be, you know, one's better than the other, or, you know, it's like, they'd have six rings without Brady, or whatever. Like, no, that's foolish. But I just think if you look at it, and it's like, you know, you're doing like a percentage, it's not 50-50, and I think it skews a little bit towards Belichick. Now, it could be like, Fifty-one forty-nine or fifty-two forty-eight, But in my opinion, it's more towards Belichick simply because of look around the league. Who else has done what they've done? And some of that, obviously a lot of that has to do with Brady, but some of that has to do with the rest of the roster and the coaching staff and coaching those guys up and look at how many, you know, undrafted players have come in and played great. And that's because of the coaching and the scouting department, you know? And so to me that that's, that's where Belichick comes into play. And so, You know, we don't want to get into a Belichick versus Brady type thing, but I just think that you can draw that comparison back, and I think Mahomes is in the same situation. If Andy Reid never figures it out defensively, if Andy Reid's coaching style screws things up, if Reid leaves and then people start leaving around him and he never gets the coaching staff or the defense or the offensive weapons that he needs, he might never win more than one or two championships because even if he is a great talent, you still need that stuff around you.
2: Absolutely. and I mean, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt McCarthy, whatever came up there and, you know, Matt LaFleur is there now. So who, who even knows what's going on there? But look, I mean, Andy Reed's a quarterback guy. He's done some good right. things with some quarterbacks, had Donovan McNabb. Uh, and now, you know, Alex Smith, he was no slouch. And now I know people like yeah. to, to crap on him, but he had some good numbers, man. He was a consistent quarterback yep. for him. And he's probably got the best one he's ever had right now in Pat Mahomes. So uh, Kansas yeah, City's sure. a team we'll look out for. Um, definitely. Again, I mean, I think it's, those two teams in the AFC going to crawl it out. And I, I think barring, you know, both teams stay healthy. That's the AFC title game, right? I mean, I, think so. I have a hard yeah. time picking. I know Jacksonville will be good. Like we talked about with Tom and I, and I'm high on them. I get them as a wildcard team. Uh, you know, I like to see what Foles can do in a different, not, not a Doug Peterson offense, right. but I mean, he can make some throws and he's definitely a higher upgrade than Bortles. Right. I mean, yeah, with that defense, sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, all he's got to do is put, put some points on the board. Right. And, no, I mean, was, they got some yeah. decent skill players. So, um, I think the AFC is Pat's Chiefs, right? And and prove me wrong, someone else, but I don't believe Cleveland. I don't believe in Pittsburgh, I don't believe in Baltimore. I you name it. Like it's it's Pat's Chiefs. Let's go. Let's go again. Let's go, let's go for the next four years. Let, let give me Stidham a Holmes in ten years if that's the case. <laughs>
0: hey man, I'd love it. I would love it. So so all right. So that's what uh if you've stuck around, we appreciate it. Tommy Curran is coming up next. We really appreciate you sticking in us out. Get to that. uh, Just a quick little ad read here. So this is from our sponsors. So we'll take you away to that, and then I'll introduce Tom when we come back. All right, thanks for hanging on. We appreciate it. And uh, and here is Tom E. Curran. All right, we're going to welcome on to the show, Tom E. Curran. You guys all know Tom from NBC Sports Boston. He is the host of Quick Slants with Phil Perry, uh, probably, arguably the best Patriots show uh, on television, in my opinion. He's also the host of the Patriots Talk podcast. And a litany of other things as well. Tom, welcome to the show.
1: Chat, thank you very much, my friend. How you doing?
0: Doing great. Doing great. How's
1: my uh, thing sound? I'm, I'm on the Bluetooth right
0: now. Sounds okay? You, you, you sound, sound good,
2: Tom. You sound good. <laughs> thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so here we are. Football season is officially upon us. The first game has started, and it is just an absolutely, brutally, horribly played game. Uh, But football's back, so I don't really care, to be honest with you.
1: Any any brand of football is welcome after this much time off, but it does seem to be that this opening night game, frequently, not always, the Patriots Chiefs 2017, yeah, 2017 opener Mm -hmm. was good for a while. Patriots blew a late lead. But at least it was some offense. You knew Chicago right, was en- gonna be good defensively, but there's Steifman. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, no, we I was gonna say we ended the year with a defensive uh masterpiece and then we're beginning this year with one too. I mean seven three, especially I mean Rodgers didn't take a snap in preseason. Uh, probably because of his, you know, too much of his ego. But that that's a, that's another story for another time, right? But, uh yeah, that, that boring game. I can't wait for Sunday night. I really can, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure you guys are both on board. with that one, yeah,
1: I, it, the the preseason drags, and especially toward the end. And honestly, in in the business that I'm in, and I'm fortunate to be in, the routine is something that I look forward to because. Thursday night games or Friday night games or this practice is on, these practices are off. They're going to be on it. I just want the damn routine of the season to begin because it's – and I think the players and coaches will be of the same mind. You just like that routine
2: to begin. So I'm sure they look forward to that. Especially yeah. too with with how bad the Red Sox have been, it's just been such a long, long <laughs> summer. And, and and like I know, I sound so spoiled being from here. And and obviously, uh, you know, all three of us are so thankful for the run these four teams have been on. But um, it, it's felt like a while since we've watched some quality, you know, Boston sports with something something to play for, right? So I can't wait. Like I said, good
0: deal. Yeah. Now, you've been covering the team since 97, so you've been there for all the for all the drops, for all the banner drops. I have been a season ticket. My dad my dad, had season tickets in 1967 at Fenway and has been going pretty much ever since. But um, wow. my 16th birthday gift in the year 2000 was a ticket, and we sit in the north end zone directly across from the banners, and I've been there for all six of them. And it's like I, I just – I can't even fathom. I remember my dad, after they won in 2014, just being like – when I was growing up, I could never imagine them ever winning one. And now I'm going to sit in my seat and see four. I, I just can't even get over it. And now it's going to be six. And it's just, it's, it's just unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And I just don't know how we would ever comprehend that this would happen again. And there's never, you can never say never, whether it's Luke Garrett, Cal Ripken, whether it's, you know, some things will never be broken though. And, you know, whether it's, look at some, like, Cy Young won 512 games. The game was different then. The players were different then. Professional football is going to be the same way. You're not going to have coaches who hang on for 20 years who have the ability to hold the sway that Bill Belichick has had in terms of, you know, the first 10 years of his leadership, players were very, very different, and the rules were very different for preparing the team and for the off season and for player acquisitions were somewhat different. Um, And Bill was different too. You know, there were players who knew him as the guy who got fired in Cleveland, who got pissed on by Marcel. So he got a little bit more pushback. Now he has risen to the level of, uh, you know, kind of football oracle to the point where no one would ever question him. And I don't know how someone rises to that level again as a professional coach. Maybe they can, but I just, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that can ever happen at, at the pro level in
0: any sport. No, it's a great point. It really is a great point. And uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to segue that point into the that you released on Twitter through um, NBC sports, Boston talking about how you think uh, that Brady will not be back next year. Uh, and then it won't be, uh, I think you said it won't be a happy ending or a tale ending, as I believe, I believe is how you put it. Uh, just speak on that, why you think that might be the case. I know that there are some things that we can kind of look at that, that draw conclusions to that, but, you know, why do you think that's the case? And, uh, you know, and, and really kind of what do you expect next year?
1: Yeah. I still think it's more likely than not that he returns. There was a, a content piece. They said, could you answer the question, Will or won't he? It's there chance he won't be back? It's just the last season of Belichick Brady? So for that piece, I said, okay, I'll play along. I'm not going to say he's going to be here. Anybody can say that. So I laid out the reasons right. why he might not. I still think that they will resolve something prior to March 8th, 9th, or 10th, whenever the new league year begins. I do. However, there's a reason that Tom Brady said, look, if you're not going to give me the rage that I feel I deserve, and if you're not going to extend me to the point where I can play to the stated goal of 44 or 45, or even through my 43 year old season, which is something that Brady told me back in 2012 after he signed the contract, I definitely plan on playing till 43, maybe past that. So that's been a long standing goal. He intends to do that somewhere. If he goes back to the table, guys. To the Patriots, and they say, listen, we don't want to extend you, we don't want to give you uh, a certain level of money. I think Tom Brady's at a point where he says, you know, and this is the reason he asked to not be franchised, it's not solely about the money, because the franchise tag would pay him close to $33 million. It's about being able to have his own ability to go out and see what other people would pay him. Because I think that he does feel he's been taken advantage of uh, in terms of what he has done for the Patriots and what he has been willing to sacrifice financially. And it's a slow-drip torture that I think he's taken over time. So all that said, there's a reason he asked him to be able to have his freedom at the end of the year. That's one aspect. Also, Bill Belichick is already past the point where he usually would move on from a player. And it's because he's got the greatest quarterback of all time. But he's happy as hell to go year-to-year with Brady because it's unnatural to have him be at this point. And I think that Belichick wants to do what's best for the franchise, always, always, always. And being tethered to a player and overpaying in his mind for a player whose certainty is not as high as one would hope because of his age is not something he loves doing. So those are the two main reasons. I hope I didn't go on too long.
2: No, no, no. And, I, and I think you touched upon some good points, and, and I want to kind of tie back into what you said. I want to say a few, few, like, I don't know, maybe a few weeks, maybe a month or so ago on your podcast was, you know, for the first time in his career, Brady holds the cards, right? The Patriots always held those cards. Uh, you know, he'd been taking hometown discounts, been locked up for for, you know, several, several years when he signed a contract. But for this, for the first time in his career, He's going into a season where he's like, "Okay, you don't want to pay me. I hold the cards here. I can go out and get what I want to get, if that if that's where the route you guys want to go." Which I don't think it'll get there, like you said. But it, you know, it's interesting to kind of play this role here because we've never ever seen it before.
1: Right, and, and I would also say that the general perception and the main argument is that Robert Kraft is not going to let that happen. And I would say to that. That I think when Tom Brady said jokingly, but not really jokingly, about his contract extension, why don't you ask Mr. Kraft? Uh, That was pointed, and there was a reason for that. He said, go ask Bill. He knows who's making the decisions ultimately on his contract, who controls it, who says yes or no. Now, Belichick might say, I don't know if we want to do that, but Kraft will be the one who decides whether or not he follows the advice of his head coach and economic guru. Where he follows his heart. And he has a team that he wants to leave in great state, in a great state for his son, Jonathan, when Jonathan takes it over, for perhaps his grandson, Harry. And being tethered to one player, if Bill can convince him that this isn't the way to go, and Tom voluntarily goes and tests free agency and gets a better offer. I promise you that Robert Kraft will be able to say we did everything we could. It tears my heart out. I feel very badly. I wish it didn't end this way. But that's the business of the NFL. Guaranteed.
0: All right. Well, I mean, it does make sense. I mean, the other part of it, too, when you look at and when you're talking about being a businessman, you never want to overextend yourself. And, you know, the history of the Patriots is just like you said, is that they never overextend themselves past you know, the point of no return. And if you look at just statistically in the history of the NFL, no quarterback in the history of the NFL has ever even had a mediocre season at the age of 42 or older. And so we are officially past anything that's ever happened before. Warren Moon made the Pro Bowl when he was 41. He wasn't great, but he still made the Pro Bowl. But no one's ever done anything, you know, even remotely approaching, you know, a, a good or solid season at 42 or older. So if Brady's able to do that and this year. Too, go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. What I, what I think too is he's not really in a position to succeed greatly yet. The offensive skill position players at the receiving positions. Right. Potentially, or in the past, have shown that they're very capable. Certainly Edelman is a guy who's probably going to have to he stays healthy anywhere between 90 and 110 catches. Philip Dorsett, you know, I put him down for 35 to 45 if he lights it up. I don't know what Thomas can give you. I don't know what uh, Josh Gordon can give. Right. Nikhil Harry's going to be a 25 catch guy. So it's going to have to come from somewhere. And Tom Brady is not in a position where he's going to roll up huge statistics so that when he goes back to the table in March and says, "So how about that raise?" They're not going to say, "Yeah, let's give you 30 after paying him 23." He's not in a position to succeed, so that's statistically. So that's important to consider as well when he does go to the table.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. So there is one guy I want to talk about too, uh, you know, getting off of Brady who he said might leave next year to a guy who left this year, which is Gronk. Obviously, you know, we've heard the rumblings about him maybe coming back or maybe not. And honestly, I don't even want to get into that. Cause that's just speculation at, the, at, at this point. But for me, uh, you know, watching, I haven't watched the, the America's game yet, but I did watch the do your job. And, you know, one thing kind of stuck out to me was that, you know, obviously the Patriots are going to miss him in the passing game. That's obvious. But but do you think there's a chance that they miss him more in the running game than they do in the passing game?
1: Yeah, it's a very good point because not only are they missing his blocking, excuse me, they're, they're missing Dwayne Allen's blocking. Now, Ryan Izzo has appeared to be a very capable blocker. Um. And he's made some catches, which is not part of his, his normal, you know, specialty. Right. But you've lost two very good blockers at tight end, and you've replaced them with potentially a decent one, maybe a good one down the road. So you're exactly right. That's that's a, that's a void for this team offensively, and I don't know if they have an extra you know, tackle at this point either that they can trot out there the way they do with, do like, Cam Fleming.
0: Right, right.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting too because you know, obviously, with Watson coming back after Week Four and Lance Kendricks, he's suspended one game. Uh, it doesn't look like Matt Lacoste is going to be able to go uh, Week One. It's interesting to see what they're going to do when you know when you know Kendricks is healthy and 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 Watson after Week Four. Uh, what they're going to do with that position, right? Because they're all pretty unique in different ways, like you said. Isos, a you know, is is a good run blocker for for the, the time he's been in the league. Uh, Watson's obviously had some chemistry with Brady a long time ago, familiar with the system, uh, and I think he can provide some value there, right? I mean, he can catch a, catch some passes here and there. Um, but yeah, I think you know, tying it into the tight end position, I think it's an interesting uh, situation they have, and and, and kind of crazy because, like you said, last year. With Gronk and Allen, you had, you know, two different types of tight ends. Allen was a beast in the blocking game. So was Gronk, and also, you know, we knew what he could do in the receiving game. But they kind of have four unique tight ends in a sense, and and pretty inexperienced in a way too.
1: Yeah, it's it's a concern because the drop off is so significant. I asked Brady this week about trying to go tempo because when you go tempo, you need experience the ability to communicate really quickly with hand signals and almost unspoken gestures, or just you know what to do. It's going to be hard for them to do that. And it's also going to be hard because you don't have the depth to go up tempo with a guy like DeMarie with uh, with Ryan Izzo with the tight end squad Is the only guy. You don't have the experience with the conditioning with, with Josh Gordon, for instance. So those are challenges and limitations on the offense as well.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's switch it on the other side of the ball because I'm interested in this defense. I know the 2014 defense obviously was great. Last year's defense really put, um, you know, put together a, a really good performance. Obviously, in the Super Bowl. I think this defense has, a, as anyone would say. A, uh, from what you know, from what the Patriots have ever had, I think this this defense has at least a chance to come close to what that O four defense was. You know, how do you see it?
1: I agree. I, I think that you know when you look at the secondary, they have the best corner arguably in football right now in in Steph Gilmore. And at time two thousand four, Ty Law was a, a, among the best still, and then he injured his foot. I believe, in Pittsburgh and never returned that year. So Mm. that 0-4 team didn't have the same strength at that position. I would say Rodney Harrison probably better than the complement of safeties that are very good right now. Um, And certainly on the other side, Jason McCourty, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, um, some of the guys that can run out on the other side are probably going to be better than, you know, maybe Randall Gay and, I mean, they were empty at the quarter position in 2004 by the time it rolled around. Linebackers, unbelievable depth, unbelievable versatility now. Brayden yeah. Bruski, Ted Johnson, those are amazing players. I wouldn't want to say these linebackers are better than those. I wouldn't want to say that anybody's better than Seymour up front. But Michael Bennett's right. going to be a different kind of player. But yeah. it's going to be a very good defense.
2: Yeah. And you touched upon the depth at linebacker. I mean, they have depth really all over, all over the field, especially on defense, right? Like, um, you know, the safety group, they're just so experienced, especially in the system. I know, I know Bennett's coming over and they, they got some playmakers and rookies with, you know, it looks like Winovich is uh, Belichick spoke very highly of him. Um and, and, you know, Byron Cowart, former number one recruit out of high school, he's been making plays. He looks great. I mean, they have, you know, a really good mix of youth, but also a lot of mix of experience as well. And I think that's going to pay off down the stretch, right? Like, they have so much experience and depth around the field.
1: Yeah, they did a good job in these last two drafts, and they really needed to. And it looks like they got a lot of very capable players, especially Wynn. Um, I think Wynn could be playing there until the 2030s. I think he's a very good player.
0: That's good news. <laughs> that's really good news because we uh, need that left tackle spot. So no
1: doubt.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Let's flip over to the Steelers. Uh, Well, actually, before we do that, because it is kind of the, the season preview, if you had to give us a guess right now for the, I don't know if you're, if you're into doing this or not, but if you had to give us a guess right now for um, you know, for, for the finish, you know, with what you think the Patriots will finish as record wise. uh, And then, you know, yeah, I think that's it. I don't. Want you, I'm not going to have you predict the whole damn AFC. So just, just, uh, just no, you know, I'm give okay. us your Patriots prediction and, and kind of just go from there, if you don't mind.
1: All right, people are going to be pissed. I did it on the website. I said ten and six. Ten and really? six, They finished first in the AFC. I think the offense is going to have a really hard time, and they're going to have a lot of games where they uh, they're swimming upstream to try and make yards.
0: I mean, it, it, you wow. know, I, I think it's something that people don't want to hear. But if you look at Brady's track record, he needs consistency. He craves it. He needs guys that he relies on and can trust. And the only guy on this off, well, I guess two guys on the offense that he really can rely on and trust, well, three guys, I guess, would be Dorsett, Julian Edelman, and and James White. And so I think that, you know, I think you could be right. Like, it's going to take him some time to build that chemistry with Demaryius Thomas, to build that chemistry back up with Josh Gordon, with who with, who knows what type of shape he's in. You know, and so I think you could be right there where that offense is going to struggle to kind of get things going. The good news for the Patriots is that they could win the division at 10. Well, they probably would win the division at 10 and 6. And I think based on the rest of the AFC, they have a pretty good chance of getting a bye at 10 and 6 as well.
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't know about that. I think that Jacksonville is going to be a much better team this year in the South. I think they could win that division because Nick Foles is such an upgrade from Bortles. Um, yeah, I, I think that the AFC North is going to be a mess,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I think that Kansas City is going to be an outstanding team. Right. So we'll see where they fit in there. Um, but I think the Jets and Bills are going to be a pain in the ass more so than usual. You know, I think the Bills showed signals of being a better team last year. I don't think Josh Allen's a real. I don't think he's ever going to be an elite quarterback, but the rest of the team I think is very stable around him. So
0: those are going to be tough outs in their division. Yeah. No, I mean look 10 and 6 I'm sure people were really pissed at you. And uh and I'm not happy I don't want to hear it obviously, but I think that you make at least a valid reasoning. You're not, you know, you're not over here um uh what's his face um what's the hell's the dude's name? Who's I name? can't even think of his name. Uh the, the- the dude who's always talking about, well, Kellerman's one of them, but then the other one who's always talking about how much Rob Brady parker. sucks in the Patriots. There he is. Parker. You're not Rob parker it and, you know, and sitting there saying, oh, you know, the Patriots suck just because they suck. You know, it's you're making legitimate yeah, well, arguments, well, and I, I think that they're, what
1: drives they are makes sense. What drives me, yeah, me batshit is when we get into a situation where, you know, Brady's going to have a game where he throws for 170 yards, a touchdown, and, you know, two picks. And it's going to be, okay, there's that cliff we were talking about. No, it's it's not. It's what he is
2: right.
1: surrounded by, and it's the scheme of the offense, the experience of the players around him. Look, James White is going to have to have a, a sensational year, and so will Julian Edelman. Yeah. But you've taken away that guy who threatens the seam in Gronk, even when he wasn't fully healthy. And, yeah, they've won without Gronk before, and they've won without Edelman before. But they also had a complement of other younger players who made big plays for them in different situations. And I I just think it's going to put a lot of stress on Brady to work some magic. I think he can. I think that nobody will be a better situational player or game manager, but people will ascribe any failures of the Patriots to win football games or put points on the board directly at the quarterback's feet. And I think that'll be unfair.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. No, it's a, <clears throat> Like I said, it all makes sense. So uh, people may not want to hear it. People might be pissed about it. But, you know, I think as long as you're willing to back it up with facts, which you are, I think it's a legitimate case. So, uh, I mean, how do I all right, 10 so and 6
1: and 12 and 4? 10 and 6, 12 it's close. and 4, they, they, it's, there's going to be plenty of three and one point games that could go either way. It's, right. You know, any asswipe can say 10 and, can say 12 and 4. You know, make a point about what you think the season's going to look like. I think it's going to look a little bit shakier than normal.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I do like it. And like you said, I mean, make a stand and, and make your point, and uh, and you're doing that. And so, you know you, you know, you know rookie here, so you know what you're doing. So,
1: um, <laughs> all right.
0: So, well, allegedly at least. I mean, that's what, you know, that's that's what we're going to keep them thinking at least, you know. So uh, let's uh, let's switch over to the uh, to the other side with the Steelers, and uh, we were talking about the Steelers a little bit off uh, before we started talking. You know, you you've been talking about Antonio Brown, but do you think the Steelers are better than they were last season? Obviously, they had Brown last season. Bell held held out last year, but is this team a better team than they were last year?
1: I don't know. I mean, honestly, I can't walk out. They have an excellent offensive line. They got a lot of talent there. Um, they have you know, diversity at the running back position with Washington and James Conner. Vance McDonald, the capable tight end. I'm stunned that the Patriots, in a side note, didn't go after Jesse James to sign with Detroit. As a tight end, they could have turned into something. But uh, I I think that they're a good offense. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a top-tier receiver, even if J.C. Jackson expressed that he didn't feel that he was that on Thursday down at Foxborough. I think he's a very good player. Um, and Roethlisberger still knows how to how to win games. And they're just a very fast defense, especially at the linebacker side, and they have a great front. So I think when you subtract somebody who is um, a distraction, who doesn't help your team's focus, as Antonio Brown didn't, you have the potential to, to improve. I think that they will improve based upon chemistry. We've seen chemistry work in New England. I think it could work in Pittsburgh, I don't I don't know how much they'll work. I had them as ninth in my AFC power rankings because I have teams like the Jaguars and the, and the Jets improving. So, we'll see how it flushes out, but it's impossible to predict. When I didn't go to St. Vincent's, you know, training camp and watch really one snap of Steelers football in the preseason, and there wasn't much to see anyway. Right. Now yeah, no, the-
2: I I'm on board with you there. I I mean, I feel as if you know, they got rid of the divas, right. And Antonio Brown, I mean, we've obviously seen uh, that, that Antonio Brown show in Oakland is an absolute, you know, mess right now. Um, Obviously another story for another time and Le'Veon's long gone and, you know, they kind of got rid of those divas and, and we'll see, right. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, right. He's going to see a lot of double coverage now where, where he might not have seen in past years because of Antonio Brown. Um, but I just think they are more of a team now, right. I, I have them winning that division just because I think it's so it's so up in the air to, to begin with. I think Baltimore, um, we'll see what Lamar Jackson can do, but can he really take a team to, to, to win a division? I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, it last a full year. I mean, Cleveland, are you believing the hype? I don't know. Once again, a lot of question marks there. I just think, you know, Pittsburgh's the most experienced, and, and getting rid of Brown and Bell is ultimately, like you said, going to help that team chemistry-wise. I think they'll be in the mix in the end. I don't think they're any threat. They never have been uh just because Tom Brady hit and, and Bill Belichick have always seemed to have Mike Tomlin's number but um you know I think they'll definitely be a, a little bit better than last year and definitely um you know be in the mix for 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 that division
0: I agree it's yeah. a good point the Browns I know it's way off topic here but I think in my personal opinion I think the Browns are going 8 and 8 this year I just think there's a ton of hype behind them they do have a ton of talent but I just feel like that doesn't that doesn't win you the division automatically just because you have a ton of talent. I, I look back to the Eagles when the Eagles, you know, built that super team with Namdi Asim and all those guys, and they went, what, like 6-10? and 10. And I think the Browns just aren't there yet, quite yet. I like Baker a lot. OBJ's a head case a little bit. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. You got you know, you got Chubb there, but then you also have Kareem Hunt in the background. He's going to come out. Like, I don't know what the plans are there. I just look at them, and I'm like, they're not 11-5 and five yet. In my opinion, I think they're going to go eight and eight this year, and if you know, and if those guys can stick it out and you know, learn and mature, I think next year will be the year that you see them make that jump to like eleven and five, ten, and, you know, ten and six, eleven and five. In my opinion,
1: yeah, Freddie Kitchens has to have a remarkable season for a first year head coach, just a, a remarkable season, you know, because yeah. he's got so many combustible personalities, and they have to act with maturity to help him get whatever program he wants to put in place and surrounded by very demanding and high-strung players on his offense. And that goes to Mayfield, and it goes to Landry, and it goes to Odell Beckham. So yeah. it's, a, it's a lot to deal with.
0: Right. No, good point. And just getting back to the A.B. thing, I, I just think, for me personally, and I don't, I just don't get it, right, I don't understand what the teams are doing, and I know now the Cowboys have signed Zeke, but to me I just feel like you should trade the guy – or you should like just pay him or trade him. Like I don't I don't understand what the problem is. And now you have the the uh the car um I'm sorry the chargers that want you know a first round pick and a fourth round pick for this guy who's his deal is running out is his deal is expiring after this year. Like what, what are they think they're gonna get for him and they're just gonna lose him for nothing at the end of the year? It's just it doesn't make any sense. And for Gordon, he's done enough where like he's gonna get paid. You know, if he if he sticks around, if he just if he just doesn't play this year and comes back, and he's going to get paid. So it's like, why even risk the injury? And I know you're giving up money and everything else like that. I understand that, but you're going to get your big contract after the season, whether you play or not. So it's kind of like,
1: yeah, what it, is it works? Yeah, you know, why? Worked for Levy and Bell. Right. You know, it right. worked for him, so the the math is there and how to do it. So it really worked for for Antonio Brown as well, right. and I think Gordon is probably looking at that. And the charges are looking at, do we really want to spend close to $90 million over five years on a running back when we know the livelihood of them is not great? If you look at, Bill Perry did a great story this week looking at the amount of money spent on running backs. The Patriots are among or near the very top of running back expenditures, but they spread it over a multitude of players. Right. And there's a good reason for that. Those guys get hurt. And indeed, mm-hmm. versatility... So that people know, don't know defensively when the players on the field, whether you're going to run or pass. And the Patriots have, have tried to find a way to have versatile running backs to make them unpredictable. You know, Deeks on the field, probably going to run, it. probably going to run it. Right. You know, and, and they'll face the same thing with Sony Michelle in a couple of years themselves.
0: Yep. No, it's true. I mean, that's. I just don't get it. I, I just I don't understand why these teams don't see that. And you know, if the guy says. He's going to hold out. And I know before, it's like, oh, he's never going to hold out. But with Le'Veon last year, like you said, it worked for him. It worked for Antonio Brown. Like, these guys are going to get paid. Someone's going to pay them, and they're going to walk, and you're going to get nothing. It's just takes something. You know, I'm sure the Steelers are doing cartwheels because they got a third and a fifth-round pick for this guy. You know, it's like we don't have to deal with his issue, number one, and we didn't want to pay him, number two, and we got a third and a fifth-round pick for him. Like, it's it's a great deal. You know, so it's just, like, stupid, in my opinion. So, but – but anyways, so now will you be where will you be during the during the banner drop? Uh will you be in the press box or will you be you won't be on the field I'm assuming. But
1: no, I'll, be up, the, I'll be up in the press box.
0: Okay, but are you above? Are you like to the right of that? So can you see that from the press box?
1: Uh it'll be directly, I believe directly straight out in front of me. It's at the lighthouse end, right? The banner's Oh, the banners no, right no, are on
0: the banners are your end, yep. Yeah, I I you
1: know, I mostly watch the game through my binoculars and then head swivels up. Hopefully we get a good delay and I should in the top row of the press box so that I can have a good angle on the TV because as everyone knows, the television gives a better indication of what's going on in a football game sometimes than looking straight down on the field. But you can key in on different things. So I I won't be watching the banner drop. Okay. I mean, except on TV.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, I didn't know if – if that was something new. Well, I'm sure people will film it. You know, you'll have, you'll have the camera guys out there. You know, Glenn and Moose filming it. I'm sure, but uh, but you won't be out there. You won't be out there watching it. So, okay, I was just curious, but yeah, number six. I, I just uh, I'm over the moon. So, super excited to, to uh, you know, to start the season. And we got a little season preview here with you, and we really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I just uh, I have to say, like, you know, and I've said this to a bunch of people before, but the people in the Boston and I. I don't know anyone outside the Boston media, but the people in the Boston media that I've met have been super gracious and very, you know, very willing to come on. And I just kind of stopped you on the field, you know, after that, after that in-stadium practice, and you're like, absolutely, like hit me up and I'll come on. And like, you know, and you made it happen. So, you know, we really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out.
1: Well, thank you for thinking of me. Thanks for the kind words and and good luck with the pod and enjoy the season, enjoy the opener. And uh, hopefully, Hopefully I'm full of shit and they go much better than ten
2: and six. <laughs> thank you, Tom. We appreciate you coming on and uh like I said, big fan of yours and uh yeah, looking forward to another great year of uh, of coverage and in and Patriots football as always. All
1: right, fellas, take
0: care. All right, Tom, take care.
2: So thank you once again to Tom E. Curran for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I know I speak for both uh Pat and myself, big fans of his and his work. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you, you might not always agree with him, but more times than not, he's right. Uh, and, and next week, stay tuned. We're going to be joined by his partner, his co-worker, uh, Phil Perry, who's been on the show a couple times, dating back to me and Pat's first show. Uh, good friend of the show, great guy. He's going to come on, kind of break down this Pittsburgh game. Hopefully we come away with a, uh, with a W in week one and uh, look forward to Miami and uh, kind of get over that Miami flu, right? We'll break it down with Phil, and and yeah, we'll see you guys next week.
0: It'd be great. Listen, and before we before we let you leave, I just we didn't I didn't let Tom do it, so I figured I'd do it now. Uh, follow him on Twitter if you're not already. I mean, I don't know what the hell you're doing if you're not already doing that. But it's at Tom E. Ekarren on Twitter, and obviously he's all over NBC Sports Boston and his new podcast. It used to be the Quicksilence podcast. It is no longer the Quicksilence podcast. So if you're searching for it, it won't come up. If you're looking for Quickslants, it is called the Patriots Talk podcast. That's still with Phil Perry. So, they're still doing it's the same basic setup, but it's just called something different. So, uh, that's another great podcast to subscribe to as well. If you're like me and you can't get enough Patriots talk, I got like six Patriots podcasts and I subscribe to and I listen to them all. So, <laughs> me too. Uh, that's so, you know, you just, Right. Just because you listen to us doesn't mean you can't listen to them. So, anyways, but yeah, as Bag said, thanks. Big thanks to Tom. And we're looking, when we talk to you next week, the Patriots will officially play the game and they will have six banners hanging above the Gillette Stadium, uh, the Gillette Stadium Jumbotron, and all is going to be right with the world.
2: Let's go, so, baby. Enjoy anyways, guys, have a Pat. great
0: weekend. Have a great week. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm oh, so excited. I just like
2: – Enjoy it. Like I said, send me some snaps, <sighs> right? I mean, it's, you don't know what's going to no, be the best one. I say this all the time, but I, I want to I be like I'm there it, too, so come on.
0: <laughs> I oh, I got you. I got you. Don't worry. I got you.
1: So, so all right, guys, thanks a lot. And we'll-